Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, today we are continuing our series that you just saw our We Believe teaching series in the summer here at North Bay. And so if uh, you want to follow along, there's notes in your program, you can do that. But I'm excited that I'm not doing this by myself. We have Mikey here with us today. And so you might know Mikey. Mikey's around. He's been an intern here with us. And I would say like you're my favorite intern, but I would say like you're the only intern this year. Is that true? Or am I offending somebody? No, favorite by default. Yeah. Favorite. Okay. By default. But Mikey. But also. Yes. It's you. So thanks for being here. What, what do you want to say to these people? Uh, just good morning, guys. It's a really good morning. It's, I was standing outside before the service, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot already. You know what that means, though? It's going to be such a good day. But, um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be here and excited for what we got. I mean, I've heard most of the things we're about to say, and I think they're mostly good, so let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we put something together is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's like, not just gonna... like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just kidding. Yeah, I'm totally so... kidding. Yeah, it's good. So I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity that we could do this together. And, and so today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about salvation. Uh, and, and our belief series is that we're looking at some core doctrines uh, this summer and what we hold and what we believe to. But also with that, we're trying to understand a little bit why we believe what we believe, right? One thing is the, we say we believe, but why we do that. So we're hoping you, you can, we can explore some aspects of what salvation is and and so when you use the word saved or salvation, uh, I'm sure a majority of people in this room will go, yeah, I know what I, I know that phrase. I'm and in fact, if I ask you, are you saved? You're like, yes, I'm saved. But if I ask you, why are you saved? Or to explain salvation, you're like, uh, I, Jesus, that's my answer, right? For some of us, we, we, it's a big topic. And what does it really truly mean to be saved in the aspects of salvation? Especially too, if someone asks you, well, what does it mean to be saved? You kind of want to know a little bit more than Jesus. Like, yes, Jesus is a central part of it, but what does it really truly mean in that? And when we understand something we really are part of, it just, it, 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 it brings such re- richness to our life and growth in our life. And so, so important is we want to not only just what we've experienced in this wonderful salvation, but the hope is that we share, share it with others. So what does it really mean? That's where we're going to spend some time here today. This is what we believe at CTK. This is what we believe about salvation is this. That salvation is God's free gift to all who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living, the son of God. Jesus lived a perfect life and was willingly took, uh, took our sins upon himself through his shed blood, death, and resurrection. He provides us the way to eternal life and adoption into the family of God. Now, that's a mouthful of words there, but let's just camp on the first part. Salvation is a free gift. I don't know about you, but I love free gifts. And I think it's funny with Free, like, I would say when we're talking about free gifts, free gift, do you have to say free behind the gift? Isn't it just a gift is free? But anyway, get into that. But, but a free gift is even better. And yet, some of us and some say, hey, I've got a free gift for you. You're like, yeah, what's, what's the catch, right? Because some of us say, hey, free gift. And then all of a sudden you're getting into it. You may be putting it in or a phone and like, we, we, now what's your credit card number, Right? 
right? Oh, and he is, oh, $39.95 for six months. And then it was like, well, what's the free part of the gift? And like, we live in this world. When we hear free gift, we're like, uh, you know, we're a little skeptical. And so it's this topic of salvation is kind of a challenge for us because we're, because it's free. Now, I was thinking about what's the best way to communicate the message of salvation. What's the best method? Well, Ray shared with us. He started with a story that grabbed our hearts. Like, this is real. What's going on in the ministry of Skookum. Testimony is the greatest way. And I thought, you know what, Mikey? You probably have a pretty good gift of salvation story. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, you know, I was like kind of like thinking over like how to do this. And I was like... Should I start out like movie announcer voice? Be like, in a world where Mikey was born in July 26, 1994. But I decided not to do that voice. So I'm sorry, guys. You have to listen to this voice. Um, But yeah, guys, if you've seen me around here, I've been here about four years now. Um, I didn't grow up in Whatcom County. Um, I was actually, I was born in California. I uh, lived there for like five seconds. And then my parents moved our family up to Washington, where my mom was from. I grew up in Kashmir. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. They make tiny little candies. That's like literally all we're known for. I think we won like two football state championships in the past 30 years. And they're like pretty proud of that too. But uh, they're going to listen to that and hear that. Oh, no. But um, yeah, so all my life, like growing up, I kind of like believed that there was a God. I was like, oh yeah, Jesus, of course. And like, I believed that there was like this higher being that was named Jesus that I would like pray to every night with my mom and dad. And they got to a point where like, I was old enough to tuck myself in. So they were like, all right, see you later, son, go to bed. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll say my own prayers. But uh, I would like say my prayers nightly. And like, I believed in God. And I had this like faith in God, but I never really like pursued God. Now, um, I lived like a pretty normal life uh, leading up through like high school and everything. Like, I was a pretty decent kid. I didn't really get into a whole lot of trouble. I had like okay grades. I got my diploma. Um, D stands for diploma, right? I'm just kidding. Get good grades, kids. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I graduated high school and I had this leeway point of about a year and a half where I decided like, wow, I'm so bored with life. I was working a couple different jobs. I worked at an arcade, and then I worked at, like, the Safeway Starbucks kiosk. Then I w- moved up in, in life and, you know, worked at a legitimate Starbucks down the street. And uh, <laughs> throughout all, like, these, like, transitions and, like, all these, like, hard times that I started facing as, like, a young adult who's out of high school, I realized, like, I don't know this God that I pray to every day. Like, I, I believe in him. I have this faith in my heart. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that God is real. I've seen him work in my life. But who is he? So one day I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of want to know, like, how am I supposed to do that? And I was like, okay, I guess I'll read the Bible. And I like, found this like torn up Bible that somebody gave me back in like, I think like the one or two times that I went to youth group. I never like really went to church or anything like that growing up, except for like Easter with my grandma. But um, I had this old torn up Bible and like, I cracked it open. It was just so uncomfortable to hold. It was like falling apart. Pages were missing. I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to work. So I like set it down. And I was like, I'm sure this is just as good, but I'm going to go buy a new Bible. And so I realized, I was like, if I'm on this like new fresh start of my journey with the Lord, if I want to like start a new, uh, like open a new book, haha, um, I wanted to get a fresh new Bible. And so I went to my favorite bookstore, I bought a Bible, I took it home, cracked it open, started reading in Genesis, and six and a half, seven years later, I'm still working on that book, not the book of Genesis, <laughs> but I'm still reading it. It's a pretty good book. I know the author. He's a great guy. You should get to know him. Um, it's Jesus. 
But I realized that uh, I wanted to get to know God, so I started reading the Bible, and then my mom and dad were like, hey, we started going to this church that our neighbors invited us to. You should go too. And I was like, the grosses down the street? They're like, yeah. I was like, they're pretty cool. Why not? So I had a Sunday off, and I started going to church with my folks, and like, I, I liked it. Like, I was like, okay, this is a Christian thing to do, I guess. Like, if I want to believe in Jesus more and like get to know Jesus more, like maybe I'll hang out with his people. And so I started serving at a church and I started like serving on the worship team and getting involved and getting to know these people. And while I was like taking a couple more steps towards Jesus, I had a couple bad influences in my life. They were amazing people and I love them dearly, but I was a very influential, like very easily influenced person. And so these people who were older than me, who I worked with at my jobs over the years, um, they would like go out on the weekends and party and drink and smoke and stuff. And I was like, I wanted to like be friends with them and I wanted to like get to know them better. And like I had this thing at the time where I was like, I loved being accepted. And like I wouldn't do anything because I had like a pretty good moral standpoint. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But like a couple of times I'd be like, I might do like a little bit of that. And just like a little bit. So as I was taking steps towards Jesus, I was also taking steps away. I was taking steps towards the world and the things of this world. And I was partying. I wasn't like, I wasn't some huge, like, like rager on the weekends kind of guy. It was like every now and then. Um, but I realized I was like, that's not who I am. Like, that's not what I want. If I like want to pursue Jesus, I, I got to pursue Jesus. I got to like pursue who he is. And so about, like I said, like a year and a half after high school, all this kind of happened. I was pursuing Jesus. I was pursuing things of the world. And I was kind of like fighting myself a little bit. Um, I had like a whole bunch of stuff going on in life and I just was not in this like happy place. And then one day I was like, you know what? My friends moved to Bellingham. I'm going to go visit them. It's one of their birthdays. Like got a couple of my friends. We drove to Bellingham, spent like seven hours here and then drove back. It was a three hour drive to Leavenworth guys. It is not, uh, an easy drive to do twice in one day, but I drove here and we had so much fun. I realized I was like, no, this place is pretty awesome. And it wasn't just because we had fun, but there's like something in my heart. And I was like, I think I'm going to move here. And my friends were like, huh, really? Huh, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm going to sleep on your couch by the end of this year. Trust me, I'm going to do it. And eight months later, I transferred from my job at Starbucks in Leavenworth to the Linden Starbucks. I got a nice, comfy couch that I had to take a couple of cushions off because I'm a huge person um, to sleep on, on this, in this shady little apartment in Bellingham. And then uh, me and my friends, uh, we lived together for a few years, and then I moved out here to Blaine, and then I've just kind of moved a couple places, but I've been here for about four years now. And uh, since I got here, like, God has just been opening so many doors and opportunities um, for me to pursue him, like, a little, instead of taking a little bit, like, kind of like a little step, he's having me take, like, these giant leaps and say, okay, Jesus, like, what's next? Like, what are we going to do? And it's all because, like, I decided, like, I was going to open, like, the gift, <laughs> pun intended. I was going to open the gift of, like, the opportunity to, like, enjoy my salvation and to embrace it. Um, something I forgot to mention was uh, at that church that I started going to, I had the opportunity to get baptized. And uh, me and my dad actually uh, took the plunge together. And so I had this, like, new life and new, like, idea of, like, what it means to be, like, saved. Because, like, I did, like, the Christian thing. Like, I got dunked, and I came up, and then I moved to Bellingham, and I started doing all these things. And so many doors started opening, and so many challenges approached me as well. But um, I just had this, like, this confident hope and this confident faith that, like, Jesus was going to be with me through it all. And, um... When I was working at Linden Starbucks, I met some awesome friends who kept inviting me to come to this youth thing. And so I like showed up one day 
And since I showed up one day, I'm going into my fourth school year as uh, serving as one of the youth leaders here uh, and youth intern now um, here at North Bay. And I ended up making North Bay my home church shortly after I started serving um, because I realized like, if I have this good like joy in my heart and this good hope and this faith that I have like so firmly planted there that God has been like working on and like kind of like building up and like drawing me in with, like, how can I share that? How can I like help others find that joy, help others find that like confident hope? And then I realized, I was like, God's been using me already. Like I'm, I'm serving in youth ministry. Like I get to be on the stage and like play music for you guys and like sing to Jesus. Like that's one way to do it. But I realized like this is such a good gift and I have to keep giving. I have to keep exploring who I can share this with. And so I'm incredibly thankful to be here, incredibly thankful to be talking to you guys today about my story and about all the stories that I've heard and seen. Yeah, it's good. awesome. Scott, that's great. We're gonna, you're going to share a little bit more here in a moment. But I, what I love about Mikey's story is it's, it's kind of it's this. You maybe you've kind of heard this phrase before, uh, but if we can put that up, that, that salvation is a gift that keeps on giving. You've heard that gift, and gift that keeps on giving. And that's what I love about Mikey's story is there's a, there's a, there's moments they had that moment with, with the Lord and getting a Bible and opening up. It's like opening up a gift. It's like this gift that God's given it and it continued to grow in him. And that moment when he said yes to Christ and was baptized the same day, I love that with your dad. And these moments that happened, but led to the next, that led to the next. And this gift that keeps on giving and then, and then coming and being a part and finding community here and then giving of himself. And, and, and I know in this room and, and not just this room at this moment, but many youth have been impacted in this very room by Mikey of his life and the testimony he has. It's this gift that just keeps on giving. It keeps on giving and gives on, keeps on giving. So salvation is such a huge thing. It's a massive, massive gift that God has given us. And so how do you get around that kind of gift? And so we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about some aspects. So you can write in your notes. You can follow along here. So this amazing gift of salvation. Um, so one of the aspects of this gift of salvation is that for it to be a true gift, it can't really be bought or earned. I'm going to say that again because that's what I've heard pastors do before. For it to be a true <laughs> gift, <laughs> I know, it's effective too. It helps you, you know, like stay in your brain. It starts to sound catchy. For it to be a true gift, it cannot be bought or earned. Um, have you guys ever heard somebody like walk around and be like, you know, it was my birthday last week, which it was my birthday last week. Woo, 24. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you, thank you. Have you ever heard somebody say like, oh yeah, I bought myself a present? I, I've said that quite a few times. Then like, it's my birthday, you know, I'm gonna take myself out to coffee and buy a video game, why not? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't really think you can buy yourself a gift. Like, would you guys agree with that? Like, I think if you buy yourself something, that's a purchase. That's a transaction. You walk in, you hand them money, you're like, this is the American way, I got it, all right, here we go. Um, but if you like work really hard for it and like say your boss is like, you know what, you, you earn this. Like, here you go. That's not a gift either. That's earnings. Like, yeah, that's payment. Um, here in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. Good. Is anybody else like kind of relieved by that? 
Yeah. Like, I've tried to save myself in so many different situations, and I just can't seem to do it. I've tried to, like, trick myself into thinking, no, I'm strong enough. I can, I can, I can. When, like, yes, Jesus does make me strong sometimes, and sometimes I can, I can, I can, but not every single time. Nine times out of ten, I can't, and I need his help. Actually, ten times out of ten, I would say. <laughs> but that is such an incredible gift, salvation. Yeah. Like, saving ourselves from ourselves is such an incredibly hard thing to do, but Jesus just freely gives it to us. We can't earn it, but we really, really need it. And I think that's, uh, that's really important to learn, that uh, if you want to start receiving this gift, receiving this gift starts with realizing that you really, really need it. Yeah. You guys ever gotten a gift that you didn't, like, enjoy? You get something, you're like, oh, great, socks. Thanks, Grandma. That's awesome. Which, I actually just got some socks for my birthday, and they're the ki- most killer socks in the world. Maybe that perspective changes once you hit 24. How about knitted socks, though? Oh, knitted socks? From Grandma. They're knit with love, though. That's true. That's important. <laughs> That's what makes them so comfy. But I remember uh, I got, a, I think it was a birthday gift. Maybe it was like a moving away gift. My parents were like, they were a little heartbroken when I left because, you know, like final little chick, chickadee, that's what my mom always called me, it was leaving the coop. So she was like, they were like a little torn up. And I think, I think it was when I left, they gave me like this little red toolkit. It's like this little briefcase I can take it around wherever I go. It's pretty cute. But um, I was like, a toolkit? Oh, that's so adult. Why don't you give me like a video game or something? Come on. And then I realized, like, over the past couple of years, you know how many picture frames and, like, doorknobs I've fixed and, like, all these things that I've been able to do, like, as an adult with this toolkit? It's so incredibly useful. Who would have thought? <laughs> but I was so stoked. Like, I look back on that. Like, I still have it in my car, like, wherever I go. And, like, I'm able to, like, take it to other people's houses. And be like, yes, I'll fix that thing. I mean, I'll try to. But, I mean, I got these tools. And it's so incredibly useful. And I didn't even realize how useful it was. I didn't really realize how much I needed it. Yeah. Um, until I, I look back and I'm like, thanks, Dad. He'll be here next service. I'll look him in the eyes when I say that part. Um, but here in the book of James, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Now, guys, God loves us more than all other creation. And his original design for like what we were intended to be was so, so perfect. Um, but after like the fall in the garden, you know, we ate the apple, sin entered the world. And um, we have to face the reality of what we are now a distorted and broken version of what we were intended to be. Which, like, that's kind of heavy, but, like, there's hope. Um, Here in the book of Isaiah, it says, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. That's pretty heavy. Like, like I said before, like guys, we cannot do it by ourselves. We can try and try and try again. Sometimes we might succeed a little bit, but in the end, we need Jesus to just help fix this fallen and broken world. And as messed up and sinful people, we can't do it. Our talents and our good looks, our hard work, our efforts, no matter how good you are or how hard you try, it's not enough. And we need somebody else. We need Jesus to help us do it. And we have that choice. Like that was like, that's like the one power I think we have in this world is like we have the choice to walk away from it and to choose Jesus. So I have a question for you guys because, you know, we like challenging sometimes. Um, have you thought about like opening that gift of salvation if you haven't already? Have you thought about like maybe like seeing like, all right, where in my life like has Jesus saved me and where in my life do I need to be saved? Yeah. You know, and I think about that too is like, 
a lot of times we look at this as the gift of salvation. It's kind of optional. It's like, ah, uh, maybe. Life's pretty good. What we found with a lot of us, I think, is that we hit a place of desperation. We hit a place where our whole life fell apart. We're, we, we struggled with addiction. Uh, just everything just came, all the wheels fell off. And then we, we found Christ. We, a lot of us have that kind of story. Or a place of loneliness or a place of isolation or a place of depression. I think the hardest thing in our American world and, and, and the luxuries that we have and the comfortability we have is that we don't really think we need it. And it's the thing that we need the most. Isn't that amazing? And it's, and it's so obvious. It's so obvious, isn't it? But what I love about salvation is, you know, talking about the gift that keeps on giving. In the midst of the, the moment, the moment of receiving Christ, there's also to know this is it's a, it's a one-time decision to open the gift, but it's also a progressive experience. The, the gift that keeps on giving is it's a progressive experience that we can have. See, I, I could go and pinpoint some important dates in my world, in my, in my life, what I experience. I, could, I can go back to June 11th, 1994. In fact, I could go to a specific timestamp on a VHS tape where I said these words on an, at an altar, I do. I can go back to that very moment of the commitment that I made with my wife. Now, after 24 years of marriage, I can truly say that I love her more than the day I said I do to her on that. Because this relationship, my commitment that day wasn't that it wasn't the ending point, it was the beginning point of this lifelong relationship. See, I can go back to 10 years before that, July, I'm not sure exactly the date, but I remember it was a hot July day in 1984 at Lakeside Bible Camp. I was at another altar where I gave my life to Christ, but it wasn't a one time, that's it, one and done. It was the beginning point of this lifelong relationship I have with Jesus that I love Jesus more than the day I made him say, yes, I do to him there. And I hope that you have a day that you can look back on. Maybe it could be today, right? It could be the gift. July 29th, 2018 could be, could be your day. We, there's a gift available for you at the end here. But it's a, it's a process that we go through. That's why I love about salvation. And I love what the Apostle Paul says about this wonderful gift of salvation that keeps on giving. He says, being transformed in the image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Ever-increasing. The gift just keeps on giving. You keep going, you keep unwrapping it, and it's just so amazing this wonderful gift of salvation. But here's so important to know is this, and this is where we challenge the American church is this, that passivity isn't going to do it. Passivity isn't going to cut it. There is a proactive work that God wants us to be part of based on the salvation that we have. See, you can put this in, a, a gift that is not something we work for, but we work out. Let me say that again. It's a gift. Pastors. It's a gift that's not something we work for, but what we work out. Several years ago, my neighbor gave me a, a stationary bike. It was sitting dusty in his garage. He goes, hey, do you want this bike? I'm like, sure. I brought it in there and started using it twice. <laughs> what did it do? It sat. It was the biggest, bulkiest clothes hanger in our bedroom, you know. It's like after a lot of just suffering through the guilt, you didn't want to see it any longer, you got rid of it. So someone else has it. It's probably in your house collecting, collecting clothes on top of it. It's a gift, though, right? Well, it took 
it's a great gift. I didn't do anything with it. It's not really much. In, I mean, and I think the same thing with salvation. It's a wonderful, amazing gift. But are we doing anything with it? See, salvation is this gift that keeps on giving because there's an effort that we are to put in it. Not because we're not saved, you know, because of what we did, but because of Jesus and the salvation, we have this opportunity. See, Paul puts it this way. He challenges us this, to continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Paul here, it sounds like a Pilates instructor. Work it, move it, keep moving, keep going. It's kind of like Shane, the first song in worship. Let's go, people, come on. Let's, let's get moving on this. Working out means stretching yourself to the limits. And it's painful, isn't it? How many of you have worked out, you know, and you, you haven't worked out for a while, and the next day you go, huh, I feel great, I feel awesome. And then you're like, the day after that, you're like, oh, I can't move, right? I don't know why that happens for me. But there's, there's, there's pain in the game. You've heard that before. And with that, the Bible says to work it out with fear and trembling. It's like, that's pretty serious. Well, it is. It's, it's seriousness and soberness that we work out. But what we're to work out, we're to use our, our resources, our energy, and a way that we can serve others. And so that God can, can use our lives to work out. But it's not just our effort alone to work out our salvation. This is what I love what Paul says next. He says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That now that we receive this gift, God has given us and he's going to help us. Yes, there's effort on our part to use it, but the Holy Spirit comes in our lives and this gift that keeps on giving is flowing out of us and to, to do his good purpose, to do his will. See, you need to understand is that as much as your efforts and everything, you're like, man, God, where are you in it? He's exactly where you are in, 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 in you, in, in him, in you. He's doing that work to fulfill his purposes. Does he not want you to fulfill his purposes? He's going to give you what you need to, to actually do that, the work of the Spirit. But what I've discovered and, and think some of us have discovered is this. This work of transformation is not for ourselves alone, but it's, it's actually for the sake of, sake of others. And that leads to our uh, next little aspect of salvation, which is uh, salvation is too good not to share with others. Um, guys, who here drives a car? Yeah, like two years ago, uh, my hand would not have been up. I uh, recently, I got a new car, or like about a year ago, actually, still recent. I got a new car, and guys, like, I cannot tell you how incredibly thankful, and like, I, wanna, I don't want to say in love with this car, because it's a car, whatever, but I am in like with this car. And uh, I'm not even a car guy. Like, I know, like, the engine kind of makes it work. The gas is on the right in the back. You got to, like, pull the lever to, like, pop open the door. That's about it. Oh, right means go. Left means stop, right? Like, on the pedals. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm so incredibly thankful for my car. Um, <laughs> now, when I didn't have a car, like, I had this Jeep that I, like, helped buy myself right after high school, and then that broke down. It was going to cost way too much to fix. And then my parents, they're like, here, let us help you. And so they, uh, they lent me their little 2003 red PT Cruiser. And let me tell you, uh, 23 at the time, year, year old man driving a PT Cruiser being six foot four and a half or six foot five, somewhere around there. It's hilarious. And when you're trying to be like this macho, like, hey, what's up? I'm a, I'm a total dude. Like driving a PT Cruiser, it's not going to happen. Now, now, if you have a PT Cruiser here today, don't, don't be offended by that comment. Right? Oh, no. Unless you're a six foot four, 23-year-old man, in which case you should be. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. 
now, prayer available. I'm incredibly thankful to both Michael and Molly Nakonchuk, my wonderful parents, who uh, lent me their car. Um, for an extended period of time, it also broke down. And so I was also without wheels again. And so in that time, I had to like beg my roommates and beg my friends for rides here and there while I was like still trying to serve here and work full time. Guys, I work at Woods Coffee and sometimes we have to open that store at 4.30 in the morning. And when you like knock on your roommate's door and you're like, hey buddy, it's 3.30. We live in Blaine. I gotta be in Bellingham and Barkley Village. You wanna help? And they did. Believe it or not, like I have the best friends in the world because in my time of need, they decided to help me. And um, I realized after I got my car that it was such a huge blessing of how it just kind of came together. I was like, that was too easy, Lord. Like this car is such a gift to me. And I was like, you know what? So many people were such a huge blessing to me in my time of need. Like I pray, Lord, that this car, it's not just like a nice thing on wheels that I get to drive around and it's pretty fuel efficient too. It's a blessing that I can bless others with. So God, please present opportunities and help me see those opportunities when they arrive so I can help other people. And the very next day, my roommate who had helped me out, his car broke down at like 1130 at night. And then I was like, yeah, dude, like I'll give you a ride home. And he's like, yeah, the tow truck's not going to be here until like 12. I'm like, okay, I got to work at 4 a.m. No big deal. So I gave him a ride home that night. And then I worked like two hours later. And then that's not correct math, three hours later. And then... Um, I was able to help Dan, this guy right here, you know him. Uh, like a week later, I was supposed to meet with him and like my internship was starting soon. So we're like, hey, let's meet up. And his car broke down. Like it wouldn't start. And he's like, I can't leave my house. I was like, I'll be there. Cool, let's go. He's like, you wanna give me a jump? I'm like, of course. So that was another opportunity. And since then I've had so many different opportunities to present rides to people and help jump their cars. And I'm just so blessed and able to bless others because of that. Uh, I wanna turn our eyes to the book of John here. and. Um, this is right after Andrew, you guys know Simon Peter, right? Andrew's brother uh, meets Jesus. And he goes, it says, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, means, which is when translated, I can't talk, which when translated is Peter. Now, the first thing that Andrew did when he like met Jesus and experienced the goodness of him and like was like in awe of him and blessed by him, he was like, I got to get the closest person that I know. Like, I got to get like my, my loved ones because he wanted to like also like share that goodness and share that blessing with his brother. And when you look at Jesus and the way he's working in your life, the good gift that he offers, you can't help but like want to share it with every single person. And today I'm kind of sharing my salvation story of like how I came to Christ and how I've been able to help others. But um, I'm not like the most like biblically knowledgeable person or the most experienced. In fact, like this is the very first time I've ever done this in front of not middle schoolers. And uh, I'm literally just a guy with a microphone who recognized what Jesus did for him and wants to like tell you guys about it. And like, I want you to believe in that. I want you to believe in Jesus because he's good. Like I believe in Jesus because I know for a fact he's good. I know that in my heart. I know that in my life. I know that in the lives of my friends and family. So I have a question for you guys. Another question. What salvation stories are in your life? And when you look around, who can you share those with? I know like I can see faces in here that I'm like very familiar with and faces that I'm unfamiliar with, but like 
Guys, I've got so many stories of how God has worked in my life. Like, if you want to, come talk to me after the service. But, like, I want you to be thinking and reflecting on your life and thinking, like, where was God in this moment? Because, like, if you look hard enough, you can see, like, okay, I think he, he might have orchestrated this or worked there. And when you also look around who in your life do you love and do you want them to know or maybe know deeper or maybe be introduced to Jesus for the first time? You know, you don't need, you don't need a microphone, even though there's moments and opportunity to to broadcast your story, you, your platform, your, your megaphone or whatever is, is, is your life. The best, best advertisement, anything is, is your own life. And and you, you might not even after today going, okay, salvation's a gift. I get that part. We can't explain it totally what salvation is, can we? Because it's such an amazing gift. I mean, how do you get, how do you get yourself around such an incredible gift? But what we can share is what we do know. And what we can share is our very life and what, what Christ has done in us and saying, yeah, it's a great gift, but the gift just keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. It's changed my life. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. But I'm going to mess you up a little bit as we wrap up. It's, it's a free gift, but it did come with a price. It did come with a price. You're thinking, well, here's the catch, right? There's a catch and everything. There's no such thing as a free gift. You've already heard that before. Someone had to pay for it. The Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that we were bought with a price. There was a price for you and a price for me. And you, and you know already who paid the price. It's, it's the Lord himself sending his very son. I love what First Peter says and describes this incredible payment that was given. For you know that, that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God shows him as, as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. One drop of blood of Christ paid for all of us. All of us, and giving us this wonderful, obvious, obvious gift that's before us. And this is the challenge. It's so obvious that we can miss it. It's so obvious that we don't really think we need it. It's so obvious that we think it's optional. But, but it is. It's a choice. But it's the greatest gift to meet the greatest need that we have for our very, very so, so I'd like our team to come as we wrap up in prayer here. And as they do, I, we're making it so obvious. And that is the team comes that this, this salvation, it's one, it's, and again, this is the danger of sharing it, that it's so obvious to go, no, I already got that already. I'm good. I'm good to go. Are you? Are you? Have you received this free gift today? You're like, ah, what's the catch? Well, the fr- what you need to do is give your very life over. Not following a list of things to do, but your very life. And to do that, you're saying, yes, I want to give my life over. But how do you open the gift? How do you receive the gift? This thing in, in Romans chapter 10, and in, I read just before, I'm going to read this scripture that's fairly well known. There's kind of this little dialogue with Paul, Apostle Paul has of like, don't you know it's near you? Don't you know it's right next to you? This gift, you, you can miss it. 
In some ways, it's so in the way, we don't even, we don't even see it sometimes. It's right before you. We don't want you, Mike and I, we don't want you to miss this gift for you this very, very day. Now, how do you receive this obvious gift to be accessible? Two things is to confess and believe. Paul says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Whereas with your heart, you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you're here today and you're going, how do I I explain my salvation to somebody? This is it. If you need one verse in the Bible, go here to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You have it. You can take this with you. It's portable. You can share this with someone who's a neighbor. You can share with someone at work. You can you lead your, your child in a prayer, believing you have what you need. This is, this, is, this is portable gift that you can take and share it with people for them to open up, but it is their choice. And it's your choice here this morning. You know, July date of 1984, what, what date did you, what do you think that year was? When I got baptized? Or, yeah. Uh, darn, I should have thought about this. Uh, it, I think it was about a year after I graduated high school, so sometime in like 2013. You had a date. Yeah. There was a moment. It's Easter that you 2013. You, we can pinpoint. And, and today, July 29th, 2018, can be your, your day, your moment here today. Will you pray with me as we bow our heads? Again, I think we can miss this here, and I, it just it seems so, for some of you, so basic, so obvious. But is it to you today? Could you pinpoint the, the time and the moment you received Christ? Could, could today be your day? You're saying, man, I want the gift. You're, are you going to offer it to me? We're going to offer it to you here in a moment. And the way to offer it to you is, is simply this, is to respond, to confess with your mouth that, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. We want to give that moment today. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, do you want the gift today? Do you want the gift? If if you do, could you just slip your hand up? We want to pray for you and pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you back. Yep. Yes. Anybody else? That's awesome. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, we're going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is going to be for those four or five people that raised their hand here today, which is so awesome. But we're going to help you in a prayer today. And the, and the prayer can go like this. There's nothing magical about the prayer. But the Bible does say that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. And I sense here today, there's people saying, oh, I believe. Today's my day. Today's my day to open up the gift of salvation. But we want to confess with our mouth. And so what i like to do, if you could join with those who've raised their hand, we're going to pray a prayer out loud. And it's very, very simple prayer. Nothing magical about the prayer. It's just giving you some words to express your faith in Christ. So will you all pray with me this prayer today? Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. I receive this gift of salvation, which is your body that was sacrificed for me and your blood to cleanse me of my sin. I ask you to be the Lord and leader of my life. I say yes to you, my commitment to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name.